Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. I noticed that the more that we focused on the needs of what our sellers wanted, what they need to get out of this, the reason, the big reason for them actually giving us a call instead of, say, calling a real estate agent, the more we were able to actually help them and the more margin we created. Best ever listeners, we've got the best ever conference coming up in February. What? February? Yes. I know that's a long way away, but if you want to save on the tickets, then get them now at besteverconference.com because... The earlier you buy them, the more money you'll save on them. So go to besteverconference.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Sam Craven. How you doing, Sam? Doing great today, Joe. Appreciate you having me on the show. My pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Sam. He's the co-founder of Senna House Buyers. A couple of interesting things about Sam and his company. First, he took his company from 1.5 million in sales to 10 million in just three years. Secondly, he had a string of big losses in 2016 to 17 that added up to $767,000 in total losses. And three, his company's buying between 15 to 20 houses a month and looking to grow by actually buying other wholesaling companies across the country based in Houston, Texas. So with that being said, Sam, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely. Appreciate that introduction too. So you kind of hit the nail on the head. I got started in this business just like a lot of us. We weren't really happy with what we were getting out of life. We weren't really happy making other people money. We weren't really happy only getting two weeks of vacation a year and jumped in and actually started the company with my dad and have since taken on another partner. My dad kind of a bit more in the background now. And me and that other partner, his name is Matt Trenchard, we're growing this company just as quickly as we can. And we've had some really, really good luck growing our company in Houston. And also we've had some really bad luck, as you kind of alluded to there. 16 and 17 were kind of rough months for us as far as the house flipping goes. But what happened at the same time is we were going through these big, big losses quarters of a million dollars in losses over those 24 months or so, we got focused on exactly what we're good at. So while we had all these losses that were coming in and we were losing money on these big rehabs that we were doing at the same time, our wholesaling business was accelerating. It was accelerating the number of deals that we did and it was accelerating in the amount of margin that we made on every single deal. And we started realizing, look, we need to do what we're good at. And what we're good at is adding value to sellers and adding value for our end buyers. And we realized as much value as we could add on both sides of that transaction, 
the larger our margins grew and the faster that our business grew. So that's exactly what we've done. And now we've really been lucky and a little bit of good and we've grown our business in an immense way. And our goal had always been to expand and be one of the largest house buying companies that's privately held in the country. And we believe we can reach those expansion goals through acquisition, buying other wholesaling companies in other markets. Because we realized something, a lot of people get into this wholesaling business and real estate business because they want to build a lifestyle. They build up the business to the point where they're doing 7,500, 200 houses a year, but they realize they don't have the lifestyle that they want anymore because they're working 40, 60, 80 hours a week in the business. So there's a lot of opportunity for people who want to stop wholesaling that have built up a good amount of business in that market. And if they just shut the business off, they walk away from potentially a lot of money. So we're actively going out in the marketplace right now, finding these people, starting negotiations and looking to expand our company in these new markets. Have you purchased a wholesale company? We have not purchased one yet. Uh, We've had a couple negotiations go pretty far. One we backed out of because it just wasn't a good fit for us. What part of it wasn't a good fit? That's a really good question. When you're going into business with someone and you're buying someone's business like that, you want to make sure that everyone's on the same mission. And in this particular case, one partner loved us. We loved him. And the other partner was a good guy, but he actually wanted to stick around, which we were okay with. In fact, it it certainly helps in the transition, but the missions didn't align. And we knew we could jump into it and make a lot of money. They were making a ton of money already. And we had agreed to terms on everything, but we on Senna's side of it couldn't quite reconcile just those, I guess you could call them creative differences in how you want to grow the company and run the company. And so we thought it would be best to not do that particular deal. If someone is working 40 to 80 hours a week and they have a successful wholesale company, which really it's, I don't know if it's a company, it's more of a job. They have a successful wholesale job and you buy their company and your value proposition to them is, hey, now you can go do what you want. Well, if they're spending 40 to 80 hours a week in that company, it sounds like they're a pretty important part of it and it's going to be some growing pains exiting them out of it. Absolutely. And that's why I kind of mentioned it before. There's going to be a transition period where when we purchase a company that the owner is going to stick around. We would like them to stick around as long as they can. But what we were able to do is my wholesaling company in Houston can run without me and my partners. We have the management in place and things like that, and it's just churning. So we've already mastered all the systems and processes necessary to run a high-level business that's doing two, three, four hundred houses a year without the owner being there. So when we're going in and buying these companies up, they're in a similar shape that a lot of small business owners are in, not just wholesalers or real estate investors that they found themselves, like you alluded to, they just have a job. It's not a business that they own. It's a job that they go in and do every day that they have a little bit more control over. So we're going to be able to insert our systems and hiring processes and things like that into that particular business model, which is going to allow us to manage that business without us being there every single day. Now, you know, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be things we didn't think about and all that kind of stuff. But we've already got a lot of the nuts and bolts of how to run that business figured out, which we're going to be able to implement in that new business. Between 2016 and 2017, you had $767,000 in total losses. 
I heard one thing from a lesson learned, and that is, sounds like you're moving away from flips to wholesaling. If that is true, please confirm. And also, what are some other lessons learned? That is true. We're now a straight wholesale company. I think we spent a long time trying to be both, and we weren't focused, and we weren't getting good at all of it. And as soon as we got focused on straight wholesale, it's grown even faster. But you know, some of the other lessons that we've learned through those losses is something I'm happy to share with you guys. That's why I bring it up. I think there's a lot of people in this industry as a whole, we don't like to talk about the losses or the bad times and things like that. But we learn so, so much from the times that we get kicked when we're down. So one of the things that we learn is that we're not good at managing rehabs. We're just not good at it. We're not good at picking the winners. We're not good at managing that big job. And especially because actually all the money that we lost was in the really, really high, high end of the market. At least Houston, this is high end. So we're talking projects that were worth five, half a million, a million, 1.5 million or so. And you name it, we had this kind of stuff go wrong, okay? We missed the ARV on a house. We missed the repair budget on a house. We had contractors screw us over. We have got hundreds of thousands of losses included in that are just from contractors screwing us over. Now, it's easy to say that contractor screwed us over, but the reality is, is we didn't manage that contractor correctly to keep them from screwing us over. And so I'm a big believer in looking internally when you have issues like that, like, okay, yeah, that person made a mistake or that's not a good person, but what could we have done differently to keep that from happening? And so, yeah, those are some of the lessons that we've learned over three quarters of a million dollars in losses. I appreciate you sharing that. And as far as the flip side, the 1.5 million in sales to 10 million in three years, other than the focus that you've put towards the business, what are some tactical things that you'd say helped you from the 1.5 to 10 million? 10 million, that was just our first three years. So we're actually gross profit running about three to $400,000 a month in gross profit just off of the wholesales. But tactically, I would say, I alluded to it a little bit, but value add. It's one thing for us to go in there and just try to get a house as cheap as we can. But I noticed that the more that we focused on the needs of what our sellers wanted, what they need to get out of this, the reason, the big, big reason for them actually giving us a call instead of, say, calling a real estate agent, the more we were able to actually help them and the more margin that we created. So what we do in our office is we have sales meetings every day. We have sales trainings every week. And then each salesperson is required actually to do, through some sales training that we have, do some online sales training every day. And we realize the more that we're focused on training our people and helping our people become the best that they could absolutely be, the better our margins got, the smoother our business ran, so on and so forth. I think making that big investment in your people and our process for negotiation and the way that we add value to our sellers, on the other side of it, adding value to our buyers is huge. Because one thing we do differently in our market and then any of our other competitors, at least in Houston, is we actually put a guarantee on our ARVs. We say, if you have an appraisal on this property within two months, or when you buy this house and you refinance it out to go turn into a rental, if we miss the number by more than 10%, we'll write you a check. We do the same thing on our rent numbers. If we miss the rental target that we give you when we send out our email blast and our marketing and things like that, by 10%, we again will stroke you a check for $1,000. So we're putting our money where our mouth is, and we're making sure that our buyers are going to hold us accountable to the marketing numbers that we put out. Because I don't want to just do one job or one deal with someone, have them lose a bunch of money and never do business with me again. We want all of our clients to hit all of their targets and make a lot of money so they can keep coming back to us and keep 
helping everyone make money. Yeah, it's really smart. Guarantee to put in place. I'm guessing only a handful, if that, have taken you up on the 1K where you messed up. Am I correct? Yep. It's actually only happened one time on yeah. an ARV so far. Mm-hmm. And we gladly wrote the check. We missed it by a little bit. And the guys come back and bought from us again. Yep. And before we did that too, we're really big on keeping data in our company. So we went back and looked, I think, at 200 different transactions and see how many times you would have had to have written that check for either a rent comp or an ARV comp. Over those 200 transactions, it would only have been one other time. Because something else that we do too is we're actually going to follow up in three months. So after you buy a house from us, we're going to call you three months later. We're going to ask you, hey, how'd you do? So we're actively following up and trying to get better every step of the way. We do the same thing with our sellers. Hey, how do we do internally? Things like that. And then actually our sales guys are bonused based on whether or not they're getting good ratings from their sellers. Hmm. As far as the training that your sales individuals go through daily online, what program is that? Actually, it's Grant Cardone sales training. So they have to do 30 minutes of his online video training every day. And then every Thursday, we come together and I actually put together an hour-long training on a specific topic. And actually, for the last month, we've been reading a book. So we read two chapters, we come in there, and then I do a training based on those. And then people talk about feedback, specific deals, things like that. And then it's just kind of more of a facilitation exercise after that. What book are you reading right now that they're doing? Right now, we're reading Relentless by Tim Grover, but we just finished Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference. And actually, that's the second time that we've read that book in our office. I love Chris Voss, the techniques and things like that that he uses. We implement those when meeting with homeowners and things like that. I think that Never Split the Difference is one of the best sales books I've ever read. What one tip has made you the most money from that book? Fantastic question. I think the biggest principle of the entire book, which we carry with us every day, is understand what the unknown unknowns are in the negotiation or in that sale. Someone might call up and say, I want to sell my house and price is the absolute most important thing. And that's what they tell you. But if price was the most important thing, they would have called an agent and they would have listed the house. So it's up to us. It's up to our salespeople. It's up to our team to find out what is that underlying motivation there? Why are they willing to come to us and take less money for their home? And as soon as we understand what that is, we can set up a win-win scenario for them that gets them exactly what they want at a price where we make our margin. Based on your experience as a real estate investor, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Ooh, best real estate investing advice ever. I would say it's persistence. I'm talking openly about the losses that we've had, the hard times that we've had, and we're all going to face that. We're all going to face the time where we send out 100 letters and they don't work. Now I'm sending 80,000 letters a month. Sometimes we pick a new list and it doesn't work, but it's okay. Stay persistent. Stay on top of it. Never give up. This is a game of attrition. Any kind of business is a game of attrition. People are going to drop out. They're going to get distracted by something else. But if you just keep going, if you stay on your path, you work with a purpose and you're ethical, I think there's just no telling what you can accomplish. Some best ever listeners might take that literally with don't give up. But in your case, you were doing fix and flipping. And now you've, we'll call it give up. Clearly, you've evolved, but you don't do that anymore. You do wholesaling. So can you elaborate a little bit on the don't give up part? Sure. Good point. Know your strengths. Understand what it is that you're good at. You're going to have certain things that pop up and they're going to kick you in the balls sometimes. Know when to play to your strengths. We didn't give up on real estate, but we understood what our strengths are. 
it was pretty clearly laid out as we saw that our margins grow and our business grow on our wholesale side of the company. And at the same time, we had these heavy losses that we were taking on the rehab side. Play to your strengths, understand your strengths. I say, don't give up in business. Don't overall just say, you know what, this business thing that's going out on my own thing is not for me. We all thought that when we reached our first bit of adversity, there'd be a whole lot of people who just quit way too early. Stick with what you know is right, but at the same time, don't be afraid to pivot when the numbers and the reality is telling you something different. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, we've got the best ever conference coming up in February. What? February? Yes. I know that's a long way away, but if you want to save on the tickets, then get them now at besteverconference.com because... The earlier you buy them, the more money you'll save on them. So go to besteverconference.com. Are you seeking investors, negotiating deals, and making things happen? The 7 Figure Sales Podcast has exactly what you need. Host Taylor Lote interviews real estate investors, sales trainers, and successful entrepreneurs to bring you their top sales secrets. Learn more at 7figuresalespodcast.com and listen on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Best ever book you've read? I'm going to go with what I talked about, uh, Chris Voss, Never Split the Difference, so this Relentless book's pretty good. Best ever deal you've done that we haven't talked about? Ooh, best ever deal we've done. I did one particular deal. Actually, we've done a lot of six-figure wholesale deals. We got one right now that's uh, headed to the closing table. We're going to make $140,000 on What's the most you've ever made on a wholesale deal? 140000 What's a mistake you've made on a transaction that we haven't talked about? Oof. Mistake on a transaction. Negotiating too hard. I did a deal one time. It was actually on a flip. And I negotiated too hard on the first deal that came in. We lost that particular deal. And then wound up selling it three months later for $40,000 less than what that offer was. Best ever way you like to give back? I love to give back by giving my time to new entrepreneurs. I'm not a guru. I don't sell my time or things like that. I don't do coaching. But if any of your listeners would like to have an hour of my time, go ahead and reach out to me at bestever at senahousebuyers.com. And I'm going to pick one person at random. You got to like our Facebook page, senahousebuyers.com, and send me the email showing that you actually did it. And I'm happy to, we'll pick one person to give away an hour of my time to coach for you guys. Well, Sam, I appreciate you taking the time to spend with us sharing your lessons learned in your journey. Some things that stood out to me. One is being focused and playing to your strengths. Clearly, at the beginning, you've got wholesale fix and flip. One more successful than the other. So you go all in on the one that is more successful and that plays to your team's strengths more. And some tactical things that you shared with us that you do with your team. One is you do online sales training. Your team goes through that every day. And then also a weekly training where everyone's reading the same book and talking about a couple chapters from the book. And then a differentiating point that your company adds relative to other companies is that if you miss your target on the rental comps or the ARV, you'll write them a check for $1,000. So that definitely gives a sense of comfort for those who are buying from you. And even if others are on par or even more accurate, then your team will likely get the lead 
on that because you're going to have the perception of being more accurate because you're willing to put your money where your mouth is. So thank you for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Are you seeking investors, negotiating deals, and making things happen? The Seven Figure Sales Podcast has exactly what you need. Host Taylor Lote interviews real estate investors, sales trainers, and successful entrepreneurs to bring you their top sales secrets. Learn more at sevenfiguresalespodcast.com and listen on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts.